Hey there, this is Kevin Scott. I'm the writer of Dooku Jedi Lost, and you're listening to the Living Force Podcast. Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. Han Solo! A Utini production. Bulky religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side, kid. Episode 43, The Han Solo Collection. I got a bad feeling about this. On this episode, an update on the Lost Stars Roundtable. Some moof milker put a compressor on the ignition line. Mom reviews a Star War. Let's hope we don't have a burnout. And a look at Han Solo in the expanded universe. Who's scruffy looking? And now, here are your hosts. You got a name? Dr. Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson, and Dr. Charles Hankel. Bam. Hope we got everything ready. I hope, hope it's so. all ready. We're live. We are live! We're alive again! Live again. Guys, the gang's all back together. It took so long. I was it frozen in carbonite, you see, and it took quite some time for you guys to come and find me. Yeah, that's yes. code for we didn't know if you were going to renew your contract or not, so we had to have an out. That's right. Yeah, that was, um, it's been a challenging, like, two months. No kidding. It has. Man, I think, I think it's the Rise of Skywalker that really screwed us up more than anything else. I think it did, but I, th- I feel like we've, we've started to course correct, we've started to turn our way back, and my friends, Chewy, we're home. In episode 43 of the Living Force Podcast. Hello, everyone! I am one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and with me, finally, together, are the doctors, Dr. Corey Helton. Hello! What is happening? Oh, and Dr. Charles Hankels. Hi, sir. Hey, hey. Man, we got the gang back together. This was a wild few weeks for you guys. been a very wild few weeks. Uh, we, I don't know what <clears throat> what it was. Sarah had some inpatient medicine, then some night shift, then Charles. You had a you had OB, then ICU. Yep. These are all just letters. Yeah. I think the letters. more letters you have in your assignment, the worse it is. That's <laughs> that, my medical opinion. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <clears throat> well, sounds accurate. We are super happy to be back. Uh, we got the live chat going on. We got Jose, Colin, and Carl hanging out. Um, thank you guys for coming back. We are sorry we were gone for two weeks. We hope you enjoyed some of the content we pushed out in the meantime. But, my friends, listening across the world on Thursdays, on Fridays, whenever you do or watching now, we are so happy to be here. Today, we are going to be diving in to some Han Solo action. But before we do, we got some news. First of all, I want to welcome a new patron, guys. While we were gone, while we weren't even live, someone decided to become a patron. That is William Bragg. Welcome. Welcome to the family. Awesome. Hey, yes. William. Wait, what's up? Big money spender, bro. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Very excited. Very That's excited right. to have you. Very excited to have every new patron we get and every new listener we have. We love you, too. But, William, shout out to you. So happy to have you here. Speaking of all that, my friends, our Lost Stars Roundtable is still on Patreon for our next Patreon goal. If you love what we've done with Queen Shadow recently... If you love what we did with Resistance Reborn and you want us to do that with Lost Stars, widely considered one of, if not the best canon novels, last I checked, we're about $25 away, I think, or so from that uh, from that next reward. So, uh, I don't know. If you got a little, if your tax refund comes in and you say, you know what? I want to throw it at the Living Forest to get that Claudia Gray knowledge, then uh, feel free. 
Yes, please do. That'd be uh, exciting. That was uh, we we did that in a poll. I don't know if you if we've talked about that at all, but we did a poll with uh, on Patreon, and that was the one that everybody wanted us to do by a decent margin too. I think it was yeah. like several votes. Um. Well, speaking of which, when do you so you guys because you were technically students last year, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you get like baller taxes this year? Doctors are always students in a way, Eric. Boo! <laughs> 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 Do we? What is your question? Something about taxes? Yeah. Are you asking about taxes on a live live stream live show? Yeah, like don't, aren't, aren't those pretty good? I love I love talking about money. Can we talk about money? I gave somebody my financial lecture today about opening Roth IRAs and stuff. It was exciting. That's fun. Did you charge them by the minute? No, I should have though because word got around. I had two other people text me and they said they wanted my lecture also. And I'm like, <laughs> I should start charging you know for this consultation. You should just send them like the screenplay opening of Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace, and just talk about <laughs> yes. trade, trade routes. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get we get decent tax breaks mostly because we have like a metric assload of student loan debt, Eric. That does help, I assume. We didn't really pay much on it last year because we were medical students, so we have zero like zero balance in our payments. We get decent tax breaks. I don't know what mine's going to be this year. Several thousand, I think. Oh god, that's cool. Yeah, I got. I'm turning in my taxes. I actually just did two hours before we started recording. I uploaded all my files. Mm. Uh, And after taxes are so weird because one, there's there's so little income to count, Um, Mm -hmm. but then additionally, there's so many write offs because. Like every time I traveled nice. for a gig, like when I was in like eighteen different addresses last year, I would get like per diems from the government, even though I wasn't getting paid that. I can write that off. Mm-hmm. I can write off like nice. getting contact lenses because I use them for stage. Like it's a whole thing. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm surprised uh, to hear that you keep such careful track of that, Eric. That doesn't really sound like your style. I, no, that's the only thing I do because it gets me money. Corey, you've learned if you give me money, I will do better work. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. Uh, and if you want to give us more money to help us do better work, my friends, patreon.com slash utini. That's where we are. But if if you are new to this show because you were searching for a Han Solo podcast, we're sorry for this weird intro, but please subscribe to us. And um, go ahead, leave us a review if you all haven't. Uh, those stars and sentences at the bottom of iTunes really do help people find us, and we'd love for more people to join the Living Force family. couple yes. things in book news, my friends. Uh, because, Corey, you were gone last week. Uh, Charles and I talked a little bit about the upcoming Project Luminous event. I know a bunch of us talked about this in Slack and Discord, but because it's so big, I just want to reiterate to everyone, as you are listening to this, Monday, February 24th, there will be an event where we find out the characters, the release dates, and the era of Project Luminous, and I can guarantee that's what our episode is going to be about that week, and I can't freaking wait and I know we got all the excitement out for us last week. Corey, how stoked are you about this coming up? I'm super excited for this. We're finally going to get freaking news of the High Republic, which is basically all but been confirmed at this point, right? Yeah, it has to be. It's, it I mean, was people even have Star talked Wars about it on. Two. Come on. That's right. People have talked about it on Twitter at this point. So I'm like authors have. So I, I, I'm like pretty certain that's what it's going to be about at this point. And yeah. Yeah, it's going to be great. We're going to bring you all the info you can stand about that. Um, another quick book announcement, because it was kind of a lighter week. Dooku Jedi Lost, one of our favorites from last year, got nominated for an Audie Award, which, as I understand, are kind of like the audiobook like, Grammys. Mm. And it got nominated for the best multi-voice mm. performance. Wow, so, that's super shout awesome. Out. Like, that's, that's so cool. Never even, heard, never even heard of that. I don't know Me what neither. it's up against, but it deserves to win. 
Damn right. Yes, 100%. <laughs> so uh, is this a is this a large genre in particular? I don't actually know. I believe so. I mean, I, like Penguin Random House and Del Rey were like tweeting it out and like there's huh. a bunch of congrats going around and I feel like within the industry it's a pretty big deal and to have the first ever Star Wars audio drama to be nominated for this major award is pretty sweet. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, it definitely deserves it. If you haven't listened to Dooku Jedi Lost, we've raved on this show. And we had a, a big two-part roundtable all about that uh, audiobook, well, audio drama, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a hell of an experience. Uh-huh. I mean, multiple actors, they all sat in the same room and like went around the table to do a lot of the scenes and stuff. It's, it's really fantastic. We, we talk a lot about it. Yeah, so huge shout-out to the creators of that, to Kevin Scott, friend of the show. Uh, if, again, if you're new, we did an interview with Kevin last year, talked all about Dooku. And he loves that character and that project so much, and the hard work definitely paid off. So congrats yeah, to everyone there. Um, now I want to transition to a few book reviews. Every week we try to highlight at least three book reviews over on utini.com where you can look up each book you like, each story. And if you scroll down to the bottom of its book profile, you can leave a star rating and a little review. So I want to highlight a couple of those. First one this week comes from Rob Neese, one of our favorite reviewers. He reviewed Shatterpoints by Matthew Stover, the Mace Windu novel. Gave it four stars and says, Star Wars meets Heart of Darkness, and I dug it. Mace Windu goes home and finds things on his wild homeworld to search for his former Padawan, Depa Balaba. This is legend, so no Caleb Doom to be seen here. Have taken several turns for the much worse, and before long, become embroiled in strife with local warlords and has a real bad trip. Just when you think it couldn't get to be any grimier... Our grimmer of a meditation on the merciless cruelty of war and conflict for conflict's sake, it turns into a rip-roaring space opera adventure pretty quick. No complaints, though. It is Star Wars, after all. And there's always room for a little daring or daring to do, to do so as long as it's in service to the larger story. Stover also wrote the Revenge of the Sith film novelization, so this one is an interesting companion piece to that better-known book. Uh, Charles, have you read Shatterpoint? No, I actually have not, but I would like to, especially hearing that review. I love me some Mace Windu and Matthew Stover. Uh, you know, we talk all the time about Revenge of the Sith, so anything that he puts out, I would highly consider picking up. Yeah, for sure. I started Shatterpoint a while back, um, and I forgot. I bought another something. Another book came out, like a canon novel, I think, right when I was reading Shatterpoint, mm-hmm. so I never finished it. But I do want to go back, especially after Rob's review here. Um, now, for our second review, guys, this is a really special review to me. Because mm-hmm. our second review is from Sally Eilerson, my mom. Gave us <laughs> Are you a serious? No way. Yes, Sally that Eilerson, is fan of the amazing. show, fan of the host, reviewed fan Queen's host. Shadow by E.K. Johnston. Not really a fan of the host. Oh, she come likes, on she, now. She likes, she likes two of them. She's not so sure about one of them. Hey, don't be mean to Charles. He's right there. <laughs> um, but my mom gave Queen Shadow four stars out of five and says, I've been in the theater for the first run of all the films, starting with the original. I raised my son to love the films, but he discovered the books all by himself, and he introduced the books to me. I have a long commute and listen to a lot of audiobooks. I definitely enjoyed this. I especially felt the treatment of the queen and her handmaidens and their relationships was strong. In the films, you can't always tell them apart, but the book explains that is the point. Loved the depth of their relationships, especially between Padme and Sabe. Enjoyed meeting Queen and Senator Organa. Helped me to understand why Leia grew up with them. I also enjoyed the descriptions of the beautiful planets of Naboo and Alderaan and their customs. 
As a costumer, I probably enjoyed the descriptions of the outfits more than most, but especially the symbolism in the designs and embroideries, and the security measures built into the gowns. This is my fourth Star Wars book. I'll be reading and listening to more. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. I have an urgent message for Eric about his mother. (laughs) She's wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Fire! Oh yeah, so that when that came through our, our Slack this week, that 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 tickled. She didn't even tell me she was doing it. I just got the notification. That's awesome. Wow, that's incredible. Did she like text you afterwards or no. anything? I, have you guys acknowledged it? No. This does she listen to the show? Yeah. So it's mom, when you get to this episode, cool. Thanks. Also, Eric, I didn't know your mom was in theater. That's pretty cool. Yeah, my mom. Uh, she got her degree um, in theater. She was a stage manager for a while. She's always done a lot of costuming. Like you know, made all my Halloween costumes growing up. Like. You know, the whole nine yards, so. So basically, you owe your mom everything. I do. It's theater and Star Wars all come from mom. Wow, that's incredible. Sally, you're amazing. Your son's eh, kind of meh. Yeah, she, she knew what she could. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and last review comes from another one of our favorites, MCAL. They reviewed The Courtship of Princess Leia by Dave Wolverton, one of, that is, I believe, <clears throat> coming up in Legends Look Back pretty soon. So mm. keep an eye out for that over on Patreon. And gave this one four stars, saying, I remember reading this book more than 15 years ago and loving it. I'm here to say this was still a fun read. The Happen Culture and Dathomir were fun to explore. Luke, Han, Isolder, and Tenennial were fun characters to explore, and the story held my interest. Leia was honestly the weakest character in the story for me, but it's possible the bar has been set almost impossibly high for her after reading the amazing works of Claudia Gray, Rebecca Rowanhorse, and Jason Fry. Totally understand you on that, MCAL. Also, reading Han mouth off to enemies with a kiss my Wookiee was extremely entertaining. Four stars. <laughs> nice. That's a, that book is uh, famously Stacy's favorite book on our team. Yeah. She, she, God, she's been pounding the drum on that book for... Long time. Yeah, at least as long as we know Since the her. beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of reviews, I have some statistics for you. Ooh, mm. please do tell. So I was doing some digging this week, and we've gotten a lot of requests on our uh, in, in Slack and in, uh, in, in Discord and our website, et cetera, et cetera. We've gotten a lot of requests for uh, wh- like questions, I guess, about why we have a five star system for the public instead of a ten star system, like we do for our staff Ooh, reviews. Sure. So I was looking, I was looking into, can I change that? Right? Like, is it possible for me to change it? And who we have our reviews through? Long story short, I can't change it, unfortunately. So. <laughs> We have we have separate reviews for uh, reviews. I mean, for uh, public and staff reviews. Ours are out of ten. Public is out of five. Um, but in the middle of this, I stumbled on all these statistics about our reviews, and I didn't know these even existed. So this was really cool. If Corey um, is going off script. I have no idea what this is. I'm very yes, excited. We have collected a total of 171 book reviews on Utini.com from the public, which is. Good. Yeah. That's a lot better than I thought it was. I mean, I know we, we read like two or three every single week, but we've only been actively getting reviews for probably three, four months, right? I mean, we've not yeah. been getting them like super, super for a long time. So it's pretty good. We're approaching 200. There's an average of uh, an average rating of 4.37 for all the all the Star Wars books reviewed by That's the public. Pretty good. Yeah. Four, four, what is that? Four and a half. It's uh, 8.6, I guess, out of 10. So, yeah. I yeah, like that. Good stuff. Good, man. Well, they, thank you all for your reviews. I mean, keep them coming. We got 171 now. Maybe we'll do periodic check-ins. Let's see how much we can boost that number. We should. And if you want your reviews on the show, again, you can look up your book on utini.com in the search bar, scroll down to the bottom, add your star rating, and use a review, and we'll see if we read them on the show. 
Um, and if you just want to chat about your books, head over to utini.com slash discord where, my god, we are chatting about canon books, legends books, comics. Like, those three channels have been exploding this week with conversation. Um, I mean, people are reading Thrawn Alliances for the first time. People are going back into Queen's Shadow. We were chatting about um, Legacy of the Force stuff. Like, it doesn't matter what's what's current. People are reading whatever they want to right now. It's the Wild West. Yeah. That's right. It is the Wild West. Because there's just not a lot going on. Not a lot of new uh, stuff. We're all waiting for the film novelization to come out. And then, what's after that? Film novelization is going to be Queen's Peril after that, because Thrawn got pushed. That's right. Thrawn well, got pushed. here's the thing, though. Like we said, in two weeks from tonight, we get a ton of Project Luminous release dates. So, who knows? Right? What if they What if they release one, like, immediately? Like, oh with God. the announcement? Stop. Don't, <clears throat> don't you put that idea in my head, Everyone here is getting <laughs> the first book of Luminous! And they yeah, drop from the ceiling and hit people in the head, but they're all hardcovers. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. <laughs> manage your freaking expectations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's the book going to be about? It's an Obi-Wan Kenobi, and also Ewan McGregor voices the audiobook. And also, the Kenobi show is out, and here's episode one. It comes with the book. Oh. Oh, God. Absolutely. They put a little DVD in the slipcover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so, yeah, we'll see what other books come out by then. Uh, but speaking of things that are new at Utini, we have a couple new collections we dropped uh, this week. Because, like we said, this episode later on, we're going to focus on our Han Solo collection. But if you need a little more, we got the Galactic Empire and the First Order collections went up. If you're feeling a little evil or you're like Corey and are just always angry – Evil. You can go ahead and check those out. Um, oh, looking in the chat right now. Uh, Juliana's here. She wants to see my shirt. Is that it? This new shirt I got from Target. Ooh, that's slick. I didn't see that one. Yeah, Hold sorry, on. I'll wait, wait, wait. I got I to gotta pin him. Yeah, you got to pin on. me. Hold on. Wait. Pin you. All right, right. Show it again. So I got a little Star Wars. Wait. It's, it's mirrored. Star Wars on there here on the arm. And then, hold on. Look at the back. Ooh, look at that butt. Mm. <laughs> Damn, baby. I swear to God, he took the headphones <laughs> off, and I thought he was just going to take the shirt off with it. <laughs> no, that's a, that's, a, that's a Patreon goal to take my shirt off. <laughs> Patreon goal. Not safe for work. $500. Um, that's what Twitch is for. It's your really, really low-cut shirt. We'll start streaming about Star Wars. My Battlefront streams are all going to be thirst traps. Come on, you know that. <laughs> But in addition to my new shirt and the new collections, um, the Legends Look Back episode of Splinter of the Mind's Eye is up. I just listened to that myself. And if y'all haven't listened to that on Patreon yet, oh my god. It is such a trip through one of the most insane Legends books that exists. It is. It might be the most insane Legends book that exists. It might uh, I be. Can't, I can't think of one off the top of my head that's more weird than Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Yeah, and uh, Heather Goldman joined... Freddie and Jared on that episode. So if, if that alone doesn't get you more excited yeah. about how insane that episode gets. <laughs> oh my God. That doesn't surprise well. me at all. That doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, and a couple other announcements coming soon uh, in the next two weeks. Uh, we will be doing part two of our Clone Wars bounty hunt series where we will go through seasons three or four through six. Sorry. Uh, if you missed our first one, we actually put that on the main feed of this show where we went through Clone Wars episode or seasons one, two, and three. So we're going to catch you all up before season seven drops in a couple of weeks. And finally, a little micro-tease. Um, my friends Corey and I have been talking a lot the last couple of weeks about content on Utini. We've been work- talking about big articles we're going to be writing, what 2020 is going to bring as far as written content. And Corey, 
give the nice people at home a a vague kind of outlook at what they can expect from us in the coming months. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's talk about this, I guess, from two different angles. Uh, from the business perspective, Utini has really grown in the last year. Uh, we average somewhere between 20 and 30,000 site visits a month, which is pretty damn good for a site that's only been around for like a year and a half. And we've only been producing content really on our website for about a year, right? So we're still under a year and are approaching really great numbers, um, which has kind of led us to the realization that like, like people stumble on utini.com as a way to get into star Wars books now. Like it wasn't, it wasn't just a, it's not just a dream anymore. Like now we're actually, actually there. We submitted applications to go to celebration this year. Um, that we are fingers crossed. We'll be approved for something, whether or not it's a booth or a stage talk. We've done several different applications, but there's a lot of really cool stuff coming down the pipeline. It looks like routine is really on the cusp of being a, a really awesome content site. Right. So for 2020, we've, really broadened our goals to like, how can we really narrow down what our, what our purpose is, right? It seems like a lot of people are stumbling on the site to get into Star Wars books for the first time, to figure out the difference between canon and legends, to figure out the best legends books, the best canon books. We're really going to focus a lot of content based on that. We have a couple of huge two to 3,000 word uh, chapter base sort of articles coming down the line, all about canon and all about legends. And if you're just getting into Star Wars, then this stuff is going to be perfect for you. If you're somewhere between just getting into Star Wars and are like kind of trying to look for a community, um, maybe you're a little active in Discord, you've read under 10 books, this stuff is going to be perfect for you. If you're a veteran, we're starting to build a lot more content to sort of help drive you into our community as well. So there's a lot of really cool stuff coming down the pipeline. Really excited about it. Uh, Eric has been doing a lot of work behind the scenes. Um, so have I, a lot of research. Um, we're going to do some cool stuff this year. So keep on the lookout at utini.com. I know we're always harping about that, but um, we're in a really good place and we're really excited to, to get some things going. Absolutely. And all that content will be on the show. Uh, totally. Yeah, I'll say it. It's going to be a lot of stuff's going to be coming to you just on the site itself. We're not going to hide it behind Patreon walls and stuff, but for That's our right. Patreon exclusive shows and things like that, that'll stay bounty hunt. Let us look back. Uh, you can join us over on patreon.com slash utini to access that stuff every single month. All right, now the meat of the show, my friends. The meat, the main, the main course. That was a healthy appetizer. It was hefty. It was. It was a it was, small plate. Was hefty. I think. Had I had a business take care of. We've been. We've been gone for a while. We have, um, but we want to talk about Han Solo. Very good. Thank you very much. Uh, mm-hmm. The scoundrel himself, one of the top three of the OT, uh, the man who stole our hearts once more in the sequel trilogy. And is just the the scruffy, gorgeous god that is Harrison Ford. Um, the Han Solo collection on Utini was one of the first ones we created. And if you're unfamiliar with our collections, what they are are reading guides with a little summary of a character or an era or a theme. And then a bunch of books based around that theme. Because at Utini, we believe the best way to read these books is to pick what you love and then read the books about it and then move forward. So if you love Han Solo, but you're not sure quite what to read, this episode is for you. And if you've read some of these, this episode is for you to agree or disagree with us. Yell at us and tell us we're wrong. Flame us. Make us trend with your with your hatred. Use the dark side if you must. What did I so poop on me? What did I say that one time? Oh, you want to be shit upon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to be shit upon. How can we forget? Oh man, just uh, when I did forget, Corey, thank you for bringing that gem back. 
Uh, but Wes, appreciate that. Making it into the chat. I like that. Yes, I Wes, our man on the key is killing it in his uh, handmaiden shirt tonight. Love you, buddy. Um, earlier today, I asked some of our patrons if they could describe Han Solo in one word, what would they say? And we had Ross, the Timothys, and Juliana all responded. The Timothys. <laughs> yes, they it. did. So... Uh, guys, I want to throw these words at you, and let's see what you think about the, our patron's thoughts of Han himself. First of all, we had Ross. He said performative was the first word he he thought about. Mm, can I have it used in a sentence, please? Han Solo is performative. <laughs> <laughs> can I have the country like, of origin? He, he likes to show per- off. He likes to be, <laughs> per- you know. I like that. Performance-enhancing drugs. That's um, what comes to mind. And Han Tim- Solo. There, it's exactly what it was. <laughs> Thank you for that, Corey. <laughs> and then the Timothys said Maverick and Loyal. Like it. Mm, is that a like Top Gun reference because he's a pilot? Is that what's happening? Yeah, absolutely. It's got to be it. Uh, then when Trevor came in, cocky. Pretty great. And then mm-hmm. Juliana said arrogant. Mm, mm. That's fair. All pretty. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say a lot of these also – really apply to Han, like, New Hope era and maybe a little before, right? That's, like, when we yeah, first I think meet him in the canteen. I think that is, that is Han, though, Yeah, right? I think it is. Like, like Han, it's very interesting in, in Star Wars. Han's a very interesting character because I feel like, I feel like most of his character ve- development happens off screen. Like, Ooh. he cut, like, when we meet Han Solo at the beginning of A New Hope, we have already completely formed what he is in our mind because he shoots Greedo in cold blood in the bar and flips that coin to the bartender. Like, mm-hmm. like, you know, sorry about the mess. It's like, man, you know, everything you need to know about Han Solo right then. So I think that like, he is so established. So when I picture Han, I don't know about you guys, when I picture Han Solo, I don't think of sequel Han. I don't think of uh, return of the Jedi Han. I think of scoundrel Han, with a big giant like bounty on his head from Jabba the Hutt and flipping that coin to the bartender. That's who Han Solo is in my mind. I think that's pretty solid. I, I, I think that's good reasoning, too, because I think that when we're, we're ranking our favorite characters, right, as people always ask, like big Star Wars fan, oh, who's your favorite characters? And it's, it's a fun game to play. I really love doing it. But we all do pick our snapshots in time, right? That's right. True. Mm-hmm. And speaking <clears throat> of that, I want to ask you guys now one at a time. Charles, I'm going to start with you. Mm-hmm. Where does Han rank for you? Is he and that, you don't have to give me a number specifically, but I want to know like top twenty, top ten, top five. Like where, where's oh, Han, your Han Solo? Pro- probably top three. I mean, you guys know who my all-time favorite character is of Obi Wan, but naturally, Han is probably second or third. Um, he's one of the more fun characters, I think. And he, mm-hmm. what makes him cool is you spend so much time learning about the Force and the Jedi and all this stuff. And he finds his place in the story being none of those things. And in fact, Mm -hmm. being a a vocal opposition to even believing in those things, Um, at at least certainly in a new hope. Um, So yeah, very high, very high. Gotta love the scruffy headed nerf herder. Absolutely. Corey, you agree? You going top three? I I will echo that. He's also in my top three. Uh, Anakin is up there for me. Uh, Boba Fett, funny enough, is up there for Mm -hmm. me. Um, But Han Solo, man, he is, 
he's one of my, if not my favorite characters. I absolutely love Han Solo. In fact, when I designed the entire premise behind like reading collections in general, I think I think one of the things when I sent you guys, this was like over a year ago, when I sent you guys like my mock-ups, my visual mock-ups of what I envisioned this this to look like and this sort of thing, like one of the one of the collections that I didn't actually make, but I had like titles and stuff for was Scoundrels, and it was it's this cool picture of Han Solo on it. Like so, he's clearly in my mind as being a key character not only like for the films but also for the expanded universe so i absolutely love han solo he's a great character he is one of the most featured and most developed characters in star wars legends like Mm -hmm. like almost every single book that takes place in the rebellion era and afterwards like has han solo in it and he's a prominently featured character Um, he's one of the only um one of the only sort of original characters that has his own trilogy. You got the Han Solo trilogy from Legends. I mean, he's just he's more foundational to Star Wars, I think, than most people realize. Like when they when they when they gave him a, the solo film, right? A lot of people were sort of upset about that, but like it makes sense that he got that because he's such a foundational character. Absolutely, and all this for a guy like we like we joked about earlier, who they didn't even know was coming back for Return of the Jedi. Right. You know yeah. that that. Harrison Ford has is, is very, been very open in, in the yeah. decades since about not being sure if he was going to continue with this crazy movie, almost not getting cast because he wasn't actually auditioning for the role in the first right. place. Right, yeah, that's the biggest thing is Harrison Ford was not actually auditioning. He'd worked with uh, he worked with George Lucas on other projects. Um, and, and he was installing a door for him. Yes, he was installing a door, and then Her- and, and George had him come in to like read lines with, with the people that he wanted to play as Han Solo. And the more that he did that, like George realized that that is Han Solo. It's Harrison Ford. So he like, wasn't even originally going to be in the film. But no. Harrison Ford is probably the reason that we got Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill also because of their dynamic with like the actor reading. The footage that's in Empire of Dreams, the documentary, of him reading those lines is really incredible. Yeah, like Harrison Ford went from a guy who was a carpenter building doors and selling weed to a lot of celebrities. I don't know if you knew that. A lot of people say like Harrison Ford was their weed dealer in the 70s. Really? Yeah, Holy and then crap. he became on solo. So That's he was amazing. a smuggler then. He was. <laughs> <laughs> um for my part, I'm going to I'm going to pretty much agree with you guys. My top characters go all over the place. I mean, currently I'm really in the uh Luke, Ahsoka, Rey and Ben Solo vibe for my top 4, but Han is Always at least five. He sometimes he goes into the top three. You know, he 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 is as you guys said, so foundational and great. And Corey, you said your Han is Episode Four, right? Mm-hmm. I think my Han, <clears throat> when I think of ranking him, is probably Empire Han, maybe. Mm, interesting. Because um, I, I like that in between the, uh, you know, he is. He's in the rebellion in your mind. Yeah, That's where you still picture a, him. Yeah, he's still a scoundrel. But he's still not. He's still not. You know, he's still got that, that time with Leia in the ship, and he, the love story is already sinking in. And he's still loving his friends. Um, Charles, what, what era is your Han in your mind? Oh, the, the Charles. I say, what is what era is Han for you? Oh, sorry, I, I was cutting good. out there. Um, what era is Han for me? I probably Empire as well, just because I feel like that's when we get the most development of him we see him kind of make that transition fully that i think he starts at the end of at the end of a new hope of mm-hmm. not living for himself but rather living for something bigger than himself and we see that with his dedication both to you know luke as a friend and leia as a love interest and then to the rebellion as a whole just as a hero and a general and and we see him 
be someone who will sacrifice himself for his friends, which I think is probably not something that you really would have expected coming out of just watching A New Hope. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you say uh, – you mentioned the sacrifice. I think one other cool thing about Han is that you think of the biggest moments in some of the trilogies, and a lot of them are based around Han. I mean, it's episode four. It's the Millennium Falcon swooping in and saving Luke. In episode five, it's I love you, I know. Um, you know, episode six, he's leading the entire ground assault, and you get the giant skiff battle where he's like, Boba Fett, Boba Fett. Like, yeah. there's so many things based around Solo, and, of course, his death in episode seven. Like, some really yeah. excellent things. Very interesting. So you can see why he's such a beloved character. Uh, our friends in the chat, we're going to take a quick second here, refill on some drinks if we need to. We're going to take a quick break. Our friends on audio are going to get a cameo, and when we come back, we're going to go through our Han Solo collection. We're going to lightning round some books tell you if you're loving the scoundrel as much as we are here's what you need to pick up so we will be right back in just a couple minutes hey guys Corey here you may have heard this story before but i want to tell you how i started utini when i was in medical school i was on my psychiatry rotation and i had a lot of free time and i really wanted to find some way to make a little extra money started thinking about all the things that i'm good at and the really one thing that stood out more than anything is star wars books now i've read star wars books since i was a kid um and i've read a lot of them probably two or three hundred by now and I've always had trouble explaining to people how to get started in the first place. That's really how Utini was born. We actually physically packed the books into boxes like a subscription box service, and we sold them through our website for a long time, about a year and a half. It was just me and my wife doing it for a long time, and I'll be honest, it was pretty haphazard. But then I went on another podcast, and I had a short little advertisement asking for help. This weird guy kind of funny voice he called me and or at least i guess he responded to my email and i set up a call with him he responded almost immediately now when i was on this show i didn't explicitly ask for a ton of help i just casually dropped yeah i would love some help if you're interested shoot me an email and i gave my email address and this guy emailed me out of nowhere literally minutes after that podcast went live that man's name was eric eilerson now, Eric was the first person to join the team, and shortly after, a long list of folks have come and gone uh, over the years, and now we have grown what we are today. We discontinued the subscription boxes back in January of 2019, but that time in Utini history will always hold a special place in my heart. We kind of treated it like uh, beer breweries do, honestly. We'd have our friends come over, help us pack the boxes, put all that crap in boxes and bookmarks. It was a lot of fun, honestly. Um, I still have some of the stuff laying around. I could probably hook you up if you really wanted to see some of it. We have we had magazines, bookmarks. We had all kinds of crazy stuff in the boxes. It was a ton of fun. Um, Utini has grown to be something that I never really imagined it would. Um, it's huge. It's exciting. It gives me something to do on a daily basis, and honestly, it's a part-time job. Um, I wouldn't trade it, honestly, for anything else. I love it to the end of the earth, and I'm super glad that we are here where we are today. That's about it. That's how I started the company. Let me know if you have any questions. As always, may the Force be with you. And we are back with the Han Solo Spectacular after that clip. It's pretty good. Pretty happy with it. Decent quality. It's fine. You know, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> not everything can be parasite <laughs> win a bunch of oscars and make everyone happy that's true um yeah by the way shout out to the oscars this weekend that was a fun little ceremony if you obviously parasite watch it we are not sponsored by them it's just a perfect film all right so before we left everyone 
we were talking about Han Solo, our boy, how much we love him. And now we're going to go into our Han Solo collection. As we said Let's previously, over at utini.com, if you go to utini.com slash collection, uh, you will find some reading guides. And one of those by character is of Han Solo. So we have nine books here. We're going to briefly go through the info on each one. We're going to summarize them a bit, explain why they are in the list. Now, at this point, I want to kind of head us off at the beginning by saying there are books about Han that are not in this list. Right? right. As Corey said earlier, Han is one of the most prolific characters in all of Legends and canon. And if mm-hmm. we were possibly trying to fit everything that he was in in this list, it would fit up the entire website. So That's right. And that's also that's not the point of collections, right? Oh, yeah, the Corey, of- what is the point? Yes, the, so the point of a reading collection is to, like, we get the question all the time, like, what should I read next, okay? Like, and you see, if you go on Reddit, you'll find questions about, like, I really like The Old Republic. Like, what are some books that I should read that take place in that era? And as opposed to just jumping on the timeline and just picking a book at random, like, we have essentially curated a reading list based on some of the best content around themes, characters, eras, etc., right? So... Uh, that's what this Han Solo collection is. We have nine books here that we kind of consider. We've looked at really carefully, basically all the all the Star Wars books that feature Han Solo, and done our research and analysis to essentially decide that these nine books is probably the best content that we would recommend to people read if you like Han Solo. Um, is there other stuff that you can read if you like Han Solo? Sure, but like if you've read all, you probably shouldn't touch any of that content until you've read these nine, right? Because this is the best content. Not not only the best, like some highest rated. Like there's a lot more that goes into that, right? Like these are the most important for the expanded universe. Um, they're the easiest to read and get through. Uh, they require the least amount of of knowledge, I guess, about the big picture of the of the expanded universe, right? So th- there's a lot that goes into what Star Wars book should I read rather than rather than just like which ones do we think of our favorites right like in fact there are frequently books in collections that are not our favorites but they fit into that explanation a little bit if that makes sense at all precisely uh and on that note charles i want to give you the honor of starting off this han solo collection chat because the first book on this list is pretty special to you um, so what book what book is that what book is that charles if you had to pick one book that's on the outline you're not looking at that is maybe the number one book we would have put about Han Solo. What would it be? I don't know. I haven't read much Han Solo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I assume we're talking about the Paradise Snare. You better AC believe it, Crispin. baby. It's the only place we could start, guys. It's the only place we could start. It's where I actually started my entire Star Wars adventure, reading adventure, that is. Um, is the first book that I ever picked up. And it is one of my favorites to this day. And uh, I would highly recommend it. It basically was the Han Solo trilogy, just in general, was essentially Solo, a Star Wars story before that ever existed, right? It is the origin story of Han. It it picks up when he's a young orphan, essentially, on Corellia. And throughout the entire trilogy, it eventually ends up taking you all the way to A New Hope. But Paradise Snare, in particular, is a very... It's a very legendsy book, right? Yeah, like it is. there's you know, I, I think that AC Crispin, I know nothing about her, but I just imagine that she was like, How can I one up a giant bear slash dog companion with a <laughs> giant lion slash tiger companion? <laughs> and that's Merg. what she did. Merg is one of the greatest he is like the pre chewy, if you will. He's a giant <laughs> lion tiger man thing. <laughs> And, it's on uh, the cover. We, we, we talked about pig. that before, I think. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, we have talked about him before, and he's kind of Han's little buddy through the first part of this adventure when he is on a like weird spice planet with priests who are using their natural like vibration slash hormones to influence people into thinking they're having like a spiritual uh experience um and you know i don't want to spoil too much i guess but that's kind of the gist of it so if that sounds weird if that sounds right up your alley it is you're absolutely right it is (laughs) and you should definitely check it out yeah, so on that note, I want to I want to continue this conversation by just saying the first three books on our collection are the entirety of the AC Crispin trilogy. The As Paradise, they should be. Yeah, The Paradise Snare, The Hut Gambit, and Rebel Dawn. The Paradise Snare takes place in 10 BBY. The Hut Gambit is between 5 and 4 BBY, and Rebel Dawn is between 2 and 0 BBY. So you get right. the entire decade before A New Hope. And as Charles was saying, yeah. this is solo before solo. It is ultimate young <clears throat> Han. This Han... I wouldn't blame a lot of people if this was their version of Han. It is so well yeah, written. It, it is, is very so well exciting. Written. You get Han um, doing all the Han things you love. He falls in love and gets his heart broken as a young kid. He mm-hmm. is a smuggler. He does a little military commanding. He meets bounty right. hunters. He meets huts. If you like the huts, oh my god. The amount of mythology and lore that is involved in the hut cartels is astonishing. From their crime enterprise to their freaking biology. Like, oh yeah, that's all in there. So there's there is so much here, and what I want to do is read just our Utini summary because on these collections we do a little brief spoiler-free summary of each book to kind of get you hooked. So this is what we mm. say about Paradise Snare. The Paradise Snare offers a glimpse into some of the most formative years of Han Solo's life. After getting away from a rough upbringing on Corellia, Han looks to make his way in the galaxy as a pilot. Being new to the scene, he takes up a less-than-desirable job running cargo for priests in a religious colony on the planet Alessia. However, dark secrets about the true nature of the colony soon emerge and force Han to make the toughest decision of his young life. Stay and help the colonists, or save his own skin. A.C. Crispin pens a beautiful story with this novel that offers a rich, rewarding insight into Han's earliest years. It's one of the deepest dives you can take into the history of Solo. As the book progresses, readers will not will note more and more familiar characteristics of the galaxy's scruffiest nerf herder. Mm. Like it, best place to start, maybe in all of Legends. That's my hot take. It, mm. No, it it's not. A, it's, I don't even think it's that hot of a take. In fact, we've we have debated uh, pretty hardcore about including the Han Solo trilogy in our foundational five. Right, like we have the Darth Bane trilogy in there. And I think that sort of takes precedent over the over the Han Solo trilogy. But th- there's a lot of argument to be had for placing this trilogy in the foundational uh, the, the the foundational books. Which, if you're unfamiliar with that, those are the first books we always recommend you read on utini.com or the foundational five right mm-hmm. um and so if we ever expand that collection to like a top 10 maybe i would i, I would find it difficult to believe that this trilogy would not be in the top 10 books of all time like yep. i mean they're unbelievably yeah. good yeah. Uh, they do a lot of backstory explanation for like lines and dialogue that's in uh that's in in the in the films like so for example like Han Solo says hokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side. And there's a lot of there's a lot of weird backstory stuff that goes into Han's experience with quote unquote hokey religions and mind right. control and other weird stuff. And it's cool, man. It's really really good. I specifically of all the books that I've ever read. I mean, I haven't read this book in probably 15 years. It's been a really really long time. And of all the books that I've read. I can still remember very small details about this trilogy and they just have that big of an impact on you. And like, I think they come to mind 
first for me for Legends books that are very, very good, almost more so than any other books. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's our first three. Um, and a, a little hot take of our chat here. Timothy Dunlap says, personally, I would have to say the Solo trilogy is greater than the Darth Bane trilogy. Just me, hmm. but maybe. So uh, it's definitely in the running for that in terms of quality. Now, number four on this list. Uh, Corey, I want to throw this one to you because this book is by one of your favorite authors in Legends. It is Scoundrels by the one and only Timothy Zahn. So That's this right. is going from young Han into a Han that you were talking about earlier. So tell us a little bit about why Scoundrels is on this list. Yeah, so Scoundrels is is cool for a couple of reasons. One, because it's one of the first books that we included in, in our book boxes on on Utini UEC, right. and we sold uh, subscription boxes right for the books. We included Scoundrels. Um, Scoundrels is really interesting. It's uh, it's a it's a newer book. I think it came out in I don't know the exact date. I think it was in the twenty twelve ish somewhere around. Yeah, there. something. Right, it was like very close to the very end of uh, of Legends era. Right, written by Timothy Zahn, a very well established Star Wars author at this point with his Thrawn trilogy that obviously books. made him. Yeah, obviously made him famous, and it's a very Ocean's Eleven Star Wars type of book. Yeah. Um, it's very, it's got some really cool twists. The sort of last couple seconds of the book reveals a pretty big twist that is a little bit of a, a mind blowing moment. Uh, a little goofy in some ways, but also it was really entertaining. Um, and it, it's just, like, it's basically a casino heist, is what the book is. And Han Solo kind of takes the lead. Uh, a lot of really cool Legends characters in there. You got, uh, is it, what's your, is it Ice or Winter? What's your name? Winter. Winter. Winter mm-hmm. is like uh like Leia's personal aid, bodyguard yeah. aid kind of thing, kind of like a handmaiden for Princess Leia, which a is pretty bit, yeah. cool. Huh. Yeah, who's like she's got like a an eidetic memory or something like that, mm-hmm. so she like knows yep. all these details. She's really good at reconnaissance and and kind of playing the spy role. A really great character, really important in a lot of legend stuff. It was really good to see that character brought back. Um, Scoundrels is really good. You guys have read that one, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I read this one last year for the first time. And, it, I mean, Ocean's Eleven in Star Wars is a perfect way of describing it. Uh, to quote our guide here, we say, Scoundrels is a classic heist story involving none other than Han Solo, Chewbacca, and Lando Calrissian. After Han's reward for helping the Rebellion at the Battle of Yavin is stolen, he finds himself in desperate need of credits. So, when he is approached about a job stealing back hundreds of millions of credits from a crime lord on the planet Wukar... He jumps at the chance. However, more than a few twists and turns along the way threaten to derail the entire operation and leave Han wondering which of the people standing by his side can be trusted. I mean, classic heist. Mm. Yeah, classic you know? heist. Ocean's Eleven is also, by the way, like probably the best heist movie that's ever been made. Yeah. So Let's to, to go, say Ocean's that, <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's it's like to say that this is Ocean's Eleven Star Wars edition is pretty accurate. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very good. So a solid read, especially if you're a fan of Zahn's writing style. He is kind of at peak Zahn writing. There's a lot of a lot of description, a lot of technical elements, especially with all the like slicing technology they get into. Um, so very very cool Han, especially if you want that right after New Hope, where he's kind of a good guy, but still is in it for the credits. Mm. Excellent character work. That's a good way to put it. All right, on to book number five. Uh, I want to take this one because I freaking love this book. This is Most Wanted by Ray Carson and. This is, I feel like, one of the quietest big stars in Star Wars, in the Star Wars book world, because everyone I talk to that's read this book freaking loves it. Uh, this is the book of Young Han and Kira, so this is canon, takes place before Solo, a Star Wars story, and one of the reasons I want to start off with it, um, from my point of view, is that this is the only book I've ever read in one sitting. I got on a plane, I started it, the plane wow. landed, and I closed the cover. Holy crap, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. It 
it, it sucked me in that much. I mean, this is, um, I mean, Alden Aaron Rykon, Amelia Clark, Kira. It is their voices. Um, it is them on Corellia with the White Worms and all the guys from the beginning part of Solo. So if you saw the movie and you're like, I really want more of that era, that's kind of what this is. And I freaking am obsessed with it. Oh my gosh, you guys are laughing in silence. I don't like it. <laughs> guys, I was getting all excited. Now they're being weird. <laughs> Wes just dropped in the chat and Corey stroking his mustache at the Millennium Falcon bottle opener. <laughs> this is the content you can only get from doing live. Nobody else can see that, I don't think, Wes. All right, visual Easter egg. Corey oh. was stroking his mustache. It um, was me. I apologize. I got distracted. <laughs> that is not what I most want. Most wanted is very, very good. Just swing us back around. Uh, this is probably it's it's probably in the top ten canon books. I really do think it is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it, it it's like an origin story. Origin stories are my jam. I freaking read the crap out of origin stories. I love them so much. They're probably my favorite style of book, especially in Star Wars. Um, so we we get a lot of Kira. the The book is definitely like a prequel to the solo film. Made the made the movie better. It came out right after the solo film too. So we were like all peak solo. We'd all seen it multiple times, and we had read. Then we just read Most Wanted, and it was it was very very good. Yeah. So to read this uh, summary as well for this one, it says set before Solo a Star Wars story. Ray Carson, who by the way, is the author of the upcoming Rise of Skywalker novelization. And as you've heard on previous episodes, this book is kind of the main reason that we're all super excited for that book because her, her kind of command of pace and everything in Most Wanted is really going to come into Rise of Skywalker. Um, anyway, it says Ray Carson gives us a glimpse into how Han and Kira's relationship began. In a story that gives us a glimpse into life with the white worms on the streets of Corellia, we see the pair start out as rivals pitted against each other by Lady Proxima and evolve into the duo we see at the beginning of the film getting help along the way from intriguing new characters after their job takes a messy turn. Don't let the young adult tag deter you. Most Wanted is a fast-paced heist adventure with just enough twist to keep you guessing while it keeps you turning pages. The extra depth and gravitas it lends to Han and Kira's relationship may well change the way you see that spaceport scene and Kira's fateful decision aboard Dryden Voss's yacht. So, mm. de- definitely say you should see Solo before, you yeah. know? Um, even though this takes place... It's a prequel. I still think that's similar to the original trilogy. It's important to have the foundation. What do you guys think? Yeah, you could probably do it either way, but and get different kind of reveals and surprises either way. But I think, generally speaking, approaching the books after having watched the movies is the way that most people are going to do it. Absolutely. Well, hey, speaking of movies, I mean, let's just jump right into the next book because the next book in this order, on number six, is... The novelization for Solo, a Star Wars story by Mer Lafferty. And this one honestly knocked our socks off when it came out, didn't it? Yeah, totally. I, I, this was probably, I mean, do you guys think this is the best novelization we've gotten? I think it is. In From canon? canon? Since yeah. canon, yeah, for sure. Yeah, this might actually be the best novelization second only to The Revenge of the Sith, which is on a completely other level entirely mm-hmm. of basically every other Star Wars book, but... Man, this one was great. Uh, I think I don't know if this was the first film to get the expanded edition logo. No. I don't know if it... TLJ TLJ was expanded as well. Did that book? Did the book for TLJ yeah. come out before? I guess it did, didn't yep. it? Yeah. Okay. Because the start the solo came out in May, so that would yeah. Okay, I'm remembering now. Yeah. So um, this is a better way to put this is maybe this is the first book that maybe deserved the expanded edition label. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. 
So yeah, like the fair. reason the, right, the Revenge of the Sith novelization is so good is because it added so much to the film, right? That's the whole point of of the expanded universe is to expand on the films, right? So like when a when a book is based on a movie, it has to bring something else of value to the table uh, for it to be successful, right? And we all felt that the both the Force Awakens novelization and the uh, Rise of or the the Last Jedi novelization were a little bit lacking in that area. They they uh-huh. were interesting to read, but it was felt like you're reading a script in a lot of ways. This book didn't really feel like that. The Solo novelization was the first book that had new dialogue that wasn't in the films. It had small scenes that weren't even in deleted scenes. Like it truly felt like an expanded addition uh, of the movie. You get inside characters' heads a little more. Um, there were new locations. Like yes, it follows the plot for the most part, but man, it was written so so well. Yeah. yeah, and it did it did something that was pretty unique for for a novelization in that it basically had one of the post credit scenes right. It had the epilogue that was just like brand new and drops such a cool scene on you that you just ha- would have no way of knowing it was coming whatsoever. So if if that's not a good enough tease for you, I mean, I don't really know it is, but it's. The entire journey is worth it, but then getting there to the epilogue is worth it in and of itself. Yeah, and Mer Lafferty hasn't written another uh, Star Wars story since this, but we are all desperate for her next work because of it. Um, the next one is a little bit of a detour. Uh, this is one called Smuggler's Run, a Han and Solo and Chewbacca adventure. This is a young adult slash kind of like middle grade novel. Um, maybe maybe young young readers might be the right yeah. the right title for it. So there's not there's this is kind of a a nasty clarification in Star Wars is because there's not really a great category for like books that are not quite young adult books, but books that are not quite kids books either. So yeah, I think we all we often call them young readers books at Utini. Uh, and they're that's a good way to put it, Eric. They're kind of middle school age books, whereas the font's kind of large. They're generally pretty short. They're not quite chapter books, a little more than that, but some of them are really good. This one's one of those. Yeah, and we wanted to put it on because, again, these reading guides <clears throat> are meant to guide all kinds of different readers that are fans into these books. And if you have something that you know that's a little younger or you're trying to be a completionist about all things Han, this is a cool – like, it's a bite-sized story. You know, it's like 150, 200 pages and similar to Scoundrels, it's got Han right after the Death Star has exploded. He's going to go pay Jabba, but Leia says, oh, wait, can you do me a favor? You know, it's a great pitch. Yeah. It's Han and Chewie. There's a little frame story about Han telling a story to a bunch mm-hmm. of guys in a bar. And it's a nice kind of one-and-done short story. This was one of the Journey to Force Awakens novels. So this was when Star Wars books were really kind of treading lately because yeah. we didn't have old Han yet. It was trying to get people used to the characters again, used to the Disney IP. And it's it's I think they did it in a nice way because it's not overly complex, but it's still really fun. How long of a read do you think it is? Maybe two hours max? Uh, a couple hours. I think it's – because I think it is something like, you know, if I just click on the uh, the user details. I'm on utini.com right now as so we're reading through this actually. Uh, down at the bottom, I can see the book details. And it says – where are these book details? It is 192 pages. Okay, and the font's large. Yeah, it's kind of a so it's a couple book. hours. And Mark Thompson even does the audiobook if you want to pick it up. Mm. Um, but this book says as follows. After the destruction of the Death Star, Han and Chewie are more than happy to take their promised reward and head off to pay back Jabba the Hutt. But Princess Leia Organa has something else in mind for the duo. A quick rescue mission to help the burgeoning rebellion. What harm could it do? 
Bounty hunters and Imperials alike repeatedly chase the pair across the planet Circun, and by the time it's all over, Han finds himself deeper than he ever thought possible in a cause he tried so long to avoid. Mm. I mean, you want to see, like, like you said, Corey, <clears throat> a lot of Han's character development takes place off screen between films. This is exactly what this book is doing. Yeah, I, I th- a funny thought just occurred to me, too, that I, I want to share with you guys. I mean, have you guys thought about literally just how many stories, both canon and legends, we have of Han Solo, like, trying to get away from the Rebellion after A New Hope? <laughs> there's so many. There's like, a, there's, like, a crap ton. There's, like, two or three in the comics. This is canon, too, by the way. Like, yeah. two or three in the yeah. comics where he's, like, trying to do something. Then, like, something pops up. And he's, like, trying to get get away and... Like, like hey, if, no, we need you to go rescue this person real fast. If he could have just Venmoed Jabba the Hutt, he would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, did they not? Did they not have like like you know internet bank transfers and space? I mean, Jesus, like, like can't seriously, the banking clan wire something? I don't know, but yeah, that happens that, a lot. But is, there's like multiple short stories. <laughs> there's multiple comic series. All of Han Solo like getting ready to get on his ship to drive to Jabba the Hutt to deliver the cash that he has, and then something pops up and he doesn't get to do it. Like it's no wonder. Freaking Empire Strikes Back. He's like, listen, General, I just got back from my mission, but I got to get the hell out of here before something else happens. And the freaking Empire shows up. It's been years. (laughs) I've been trying to leave here for so long. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my God. Yeah, it is is a weird trope, and I guarantee it is not the last we've seen of it. A funny, uh, interesting comment here in the chat. Is this it was from Wes? All right, Greg Rucka also wrote Guardians of the Wills, which is also a fun read. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. very true. Greg Rucka is, uh, many people might know him more as a comic reader. He's done a lot of work at Marvel and DC. He's done a couple novels of his own. Um, but yeah, he jumps into Star Wars every once in a while and does these kind of smaller stories. So really mm-hmm. love Greg's work. Guardians of the Wills is, is another short read like that that's really good. Yep, with Chirrut Imwe and Baze Melbus, if you uh, need right. some Rogue One love. All right, we're on to our last two, everyone. This... Next one, number eight, is by one of the upcoming Project Luminous authors, Daniel Jose Older, his first jump into Star Wars with Last Shot. This is a book that came out right before Solo. It jumps between a bunch of different time periods. It's a Han and Lando novel. It even says so right on the cover. And it takes place with young Alden Ehrenreich Han. It has old um, Han being a father. It has uh, Lando being a little older. It has Lando being Donald Glover's age with L3. It basically gives you a primer for all the characters you're going to see in the Solo movie and shows us kind of the evolution of Han within one book. But this is a little more of a controversial novel for some people. Controversials. Yeah, Yeah, I I would agree with that. A lot of people were kind of turned off by the jumping around pacing. But I think think this is another one of those fun books that would be good for us to eventually come back around to. 100%. 100%. Guys, because we yeah. we had we didn't I wouldn't even say we even had mixed feelings about the book necessarily. Oh, oh I think we didn't. Just to be clear, we we all kind of liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah, we actually did like it a lot, but we also recognized that the pacing was a little off in places, and the the jumping around between chapters was going to be confusing for some people. But we didn't really yeah. care that much. But this, but this book, weirdly enough, for me is one that I feel like I remember more fondly in hindsight than I necessarily had the experience of reading. That's like when you. When you get to the end and you have the full picture of all those different timelines in your head, like you can really have an appreciation of it. But I think every time you switch from one timeline to another, you feel yourself you know, saying, oh, but I want to know what was going to happen next in that yeah. last mm-hmm. part of the yeah. story I was getting, which is really a good problem, right? That means you're, you're invested in all of them. Yeah. But it really is a high-quality novel. And I also want to say the, the cover 
the reversible dust jacket. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where you can have the Han Solo outline or the Lando outline. Like, that's the kind of stuff that I really love. We get all these convention-specific covers and things that you have to be the right time and place to get your hands on these things. Um, we see a lot of the international covers that are just, like, breathtaking. Uh, Brazil! And- Yes, Brazil's covers are freaking out of this world. I don't know how, um, always. But yeah, these are the kind of covers that I would love to see them start putting out. The Queen's Peril cover that's coming out soon, I think, is kind of the mm-hmm. same caliber. Yeah. Totally. Now, question for you guys: on your shelf right now, what is your last shot book? Is it Lando or is it Han? Oh man, I have to it's look. Han. Mine's Lando. Wait, uh, I lied. Mine's Lando. Hey! Mine's right also Lando. Yeah, I blue. Switched it. <laughs> All three of us. Uh, so, which are both beautiful, but, you know, we, we love that Don Glover Lando. Uh, That's true. To read our summary for this one, it takes place between 10 BBY and 7 ABY, so spanning a lot of years. When a common foe from Han and Lando's past shows up on the latter's doorstep, the recent hero of the rebellion and new father to Ben Solo must run off once more to save both his friend and possibly the entire galaxy. Last Shot uniquely employs a number of different eras throughout the novel, and while jumping between time periods, we get to experience Han, Lando, L337, and more at various points in time, allowing us to witness the maturation and evolution of our favorite characters right before our eyes. With a host of new characters right alongside the classics, including a villain that can't help but terrify all those who encounter him, Last Shot is an essential addition to the Han Solo story. Yeah, I would agree with that. The book tries to do a lot. It's got a lot of different genres in it. I mean, we get... We get sort of a horror esque type of stuff going on. We got like, like y- baby Kylo Ren. <laughs> yeah, uh, the phrase "Uncle Wanwo" gets uttered, Wanwo. which is one of the cutest things to happen in the canon. <laughs> yeah, very interesting stuff. Um, yeah, book does a lot. Uh, very interesting that it has has been solo in it. It's just there was a lot of talk about that when it came out. It was good. I liked it. Seeing Han struggle with being a father was cool. Yeah, it's it's a really it's a nice way to see Han still being scruffy, still being a little bit of a scoundrel, but it's vulnerable in a way that you know we don't get to see yet because that post Return of the Jedi timeline is still so open. All right, to round us out, book nine out of nine is one that I believe I recommended on many podcasts back. People should read, and this is a Legends novel, one of the one of the last Legends novels, Empire and Rebellion, Honor Among Thieves by James S. A. Corey. Now. James S.A. Corey is the pseudonym of the writing pair that writes the Expanse novels. If you're fans of those, uh, they wrote this Han Solo book that is pitched as thus. While Leia sets about negotiations to secure a new home for the Rebellion, she sends Han Solo on a rescue mission. Scarlet Hark, a deep cover rebel agent, has signaled extraction from a core world that also serves as a stronghold for the Empire. Han Solo is the man for the job, and he and Chewie oblige Leia's request. And as it often goes for our lovable rogue... Han finds himself in scrape after scrape and escape after narrow escape as the plot becomes more complicated and greater dangers are revealed. I mean, it's remarkable how many heist stories we got in this list, guys. Like, it seems to be kind of the Han aesthetic. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is a Han, Han thing. There's a lot of smaller heist stories in other Star Wars books, too, that we've not even mentioned. That, that That's not, like, the primary issue. Um, but, yeah, Honor Among Thieves is another one. I actually have not read that one. Uh, oh. I've, read, I've read Scoundrels, but I haven't, I haven't read Honor Among Thieves. I haven't Thieves. read this one either, but... Eric, aren't you on record as saying like this is the best that Han has ever been written I am. in the expanded universe? I am straight up. I think that the dialogue itself it, it is it is eerie how much you can hear Harrison Ford's voice in your head, 
And I think it was one of our episodes, someone asked us if we could take one Legends book and canonize it, which, to be clear, will never happen. We are on the yeah. record. That will never happen. Um, never this, happen. Is, this is the one I picked, and I think that the, James S. Corey, they write his voice in such an authentic, interesting way that it really makes you feel like you're in a film. It makes you feel like you're in, well, honestly, a Disney Plus series would probably be what this book would be at this point. But it's fun. It's really well-written. Some of the older Legends books get a little dense at sometimes for newer readers like myself. But this book could easily fit into the canon writing style because it has amazing character work, fun, big sets. Scarlet Hark is an incredibly awesome, fun, new character. Um, and yeah, I, I'm sad that they didn't get to do more with this. I'm, I'm happy for them that they found such ridiculous financial success with their Expanse series, so they're probably not coming back to Star Wars. Um <laughs> But this is definitely a gem that kind of does a really nice job to round out this list. Hello. Hello, That's, Charles. There, the there's the siren that says that we are done with the list. <laughs> we are we are out of time. <laughs> we are. There it is. Well, hilariously enough, my friends, that is our full Han Solo list. Now, to recap, just to go down the list, we have The Paradise Snare, The Hut Gambit, and Rebel Dawn by A.C. Crispin. Scoundrels by Timothy Zahn. Most Wanted by Ray Carson. Solo or Star Wars Story, the Expanded Edition by Mer Lafferty. Smuggler's Run, a Han Solo and Chewbacca Adventure by Greg Rucka. Last Shot by Daniel Jose Older. And Honor Among Thieves by James S.A. Corey. It's mm, a good list. There are a couple honorable mentions. We didn't talk about the Adventures of Han Solo at all. Yep. Uh, that's so true. I think it actually is the first Star Wars book to ever be written. Uh, uh, it was... uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, and then this one. Is that, is that what it, it is? I think, so. uh, I, I think Hans Hole Adventures was like... Was it? I thought it was first. It was very close it's in to there. the film's release. Well, the, yeah, the very, Brian Daly trilogy is release. very close, if not. Yeah, I've never read that one either. It's probably very weird um, also. Yep. Um, but that's a good, yeah. solid it's mention. It's very weird. It's very weird. <laughs> I have read the Hans Hole Adventures. They are very weird. But some very cool droids in that. There's a droid that lives within another droid. Oh, yeah, Things like that. It's just fun, that. weird legend stuff. Han pretends that he's like uh, part of a traveling space circus at mm-hmm. one point. It's just it's that kind of good legend stuff. Uh, well, one more thing that I feel like we should probably even add to our collection that we have not talked about at all is the Han Solo comic. Yeah. True. Yeah, there is a comic series all about Solo. It's short. Um, it's like, uh, God, how many episodes? Like four or I five mean, issues. It's, yeah, it's not very many issues at all. Um it's it's worth reading, I think. Yeah, it's one of their one of their new canon ones again. Um, and he's all over the main Star Wars line comic. Like, if you, if you want a Han Solo fix, there is no shortage of content. You know what I mean? Like, you can find him wherever you want. But if you take these nine titles and you just want to kind of get your your bare bones Han fix, this is where you got to go. You can bounce around each one. You can pick one or the other, and regardless of what you decide. We want to hear what you love. Like, seriously, we want you to go on Utini. I want you to go to that book profile. I want you to give it a one to five. I want you to tell us what you loved and what we got wrong on this one because that's kind of the point about this whole book club is that – or website. I said book club because what it feels like, honestly. <laughs> um, we love you guys reading these books, and we hope that if you go through this Han Solo collection, you will feel that you know Han just a little bit better. Any final thoughts on our glorious smuggler? Corey or Charles? Mm. I don't think so. I, there are definitely a lot of must-read books in here. If I had to pick, I mean, there's a reason that we chose this as one of our 
our first collection, excuse me, our first collections episodes to talk about. Um, Han Solo is a really important character, and I think that these books are must-reads, absolutely, especially the trilogy. Yeah. Um, final thoughts. I, Han is so endearing because he's what we all want to be. He's super cool and just has swagger, but at the same time, he's he's a good dude, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he is not you know he's not a wolf in sheep's clothing he's a sheep in wolves clothing like he runs with the baddest of <laughs> yeah, the bad but at his, he he has a gold heart and uh and he proves that through and through so i'm sure any one of us would love to be like han and and that's why we are so excited to keep learning about him keep reading about him no question and rob Nietzsche just put in the chat he said i think the han solo adventures are for me what the Han Solo trilogy by AC Crispin is for you guys. And that is oh, the beauty praise. of the EU. That's awesome. Because everyone gets yeah, books for them. Absolutely. Everyone gets their different absolutely. Han. And we yeah, all love it. Yeah. And then that's like find your IG eighty eight. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say it looks like looks like Wes has also clarified for us uh the Han Solo Adventures released in nineteen seventy nine and nineteen eighty, which makes them the first non movie Star Wars books published except for Splinters in the Mind's Eye. So you're right, it that does beat it by a short period of time, but um, I knew they were very early. Man, their covers are weird. The original covers are super weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you know what that means? At one point in time, Splinter of the Mind's Eye was a top three Star Wars book. Oh I stole God. that joke from Jared. <laughs> he said it on the Legends Look Back episode on Splinter of the Mind's Eye, last-minute plug for that show. It was tremendous. Maybe we'll do the Han Solo adventure someday. We should get on that. But, my friends, my listeners, my compatriots, that will do it. For this week's episode of The Living Force. If you're new to the show, don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and tune in every single week to hear us at Utini talk about the Star Wars Expanded Universe. If you want to buy some of these amazing Han Solo books and you want to help support this show, look up the book or collection on Utini, click the Amazon link on the profile, and we'll get a few cents to help keep the lights on. If you want to help us out more directly, we are on patreon.com slash utini, or we're on TeePublic, where you can get our first wave of t-shirts and our most recent We Are Brave Your Highness Padme shirt. If you are an Inquisitor tier or up, head over to Patreon right now to join us for Aftermath, our exclusive after-show hangout. Who knows what can happen when that in that show. A special thank you to Drew Eberando and Patrick Ortiz on our Jedi High Council, and Timothy Dunlap on our Alliance High Command for your amazing support of this show. You can find us on Twitter. I am at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at DocStarWarsMD. Charles is at C. Hankel. And the show is at Living Forest Pod. A special thank you, as always, to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor. Freddie, our producer. Wes, our community manager, man in the chair. Thank you to Corey and Charles for podcasting with me. And as always, may the Force be with you. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy, there is passion. There is no gatekeeping, there is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the force be with you.